if gyms are marketing the same way and then and you go, well, we actually only need 25 or 30 people. And you can be very specific in that marketing and not do the the sexy buns look and do the hearts and lungs look, then and you only need 20, then I, I've got a fair idea that 20 people who are training with you or in your facility for hearts and lungs will probably stay a lot longer than 20 people in a gym who are there for arms and buns. This is the Marketing Muscle Up Show, hosted by Richard Tutunji, where he gives you a peek behind the scenes into the conversations and strategies that can help you grow your fitness business and live the life you've always dreamed of. Welcome to today's session. This is the Marketing Muscle Up Podcast Show, and it's a very special edition because we are live here at our Common Immersive. Everybody, give it a shout. All right, very good. So what we're going to do today, we've got a great session lined up. We've got two industry legends here, and we are talking about 2023 and marketing. So if you are new to the show, I actually think I've had both of these guests on the Marketing Muscle Up podcast show before. So if you're live, guys, and you want to tune in, you can simply go to commarketing.com.au and find some past episodes. So um, we've been at a two-day commersive the last two days, and we've talked all things eight-week marketing plans. We have talked about how to create five funnels in your marketing. Uh, we've been smashed with a lot of different suggestions on uh, retention strategies and local outreach. We did some uh, roundtables this morning with our community. And I'm going to talk about um, where the future is of fitness first. But before we do so, let me, um, let me create some bios for these two gents. So JT has been in the industry for a long time, uh, a lot of experience with, uh, with being in one particular niche for a long time. That's what I like about it. He, run, he also owns Australia's, I mean, the world's largest business fitness podcast. Um, and if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely take a listen to that one. Uh, he runs uh, roundtables all around the world, uh, rec training, consultant industry, and spoken at many different industry events. So welcome, Jay. Give a big round of applause. And um, I've also got Barry Elfish, who is the CEO of OzActive um, Industry, formerly known as Fitness Australia, for those who know that name. OzActive is the new name. And uh, Barry's come to the industry from a childcare industry background and bringing new insights in the industry. Um, and I love when people come outside the industry because it makes our industry way better because I actually see the roadblocks, the problems. And Barry said multiple times that I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm emotional. I just want to really grow this industry. And that he has done. He's done some amazing growth over uh, COVID, especially over the last two years, which we might get into. Welcome to the show. Big round of applause to Barry. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. Um, and first question I have, um, JT, you just got off the plane. Um, you just got off the plane, came here from the US, pretty much. <laughs> Um, in between, talk about um, what the trends that you're seeing um, over there and uh, the difference here. Are we behind? Are we on track? Where do we need to be looking at in 2023? What are you seeing? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. And I, I kind of wonder sometimes whether we look at the US and think, gee, we're miles behind the US. And in all reality, we're not. In so many instances, particularly in our industry, you know, we are at the cutting edge, I think particularly around the, the physical training side of things. You know, some, some of the world's leading exercise specialists come out of Australia. 
and we should be really proud of that. Um, even Les Mills in New Zealand, you know, is now a world force for for group training, or group fitness. So we're not actually as far behind the US as we might think. Uh, certainly, there are trends, and the reason why they're trends is simply again, there's more people there. So your little studio or your little boutique or your little concept that you've got in the US, you can attract 500 people and it becomes trendy. Here, we might attract 50 and it's trendy in Beecroft, like one little suburb. It's just timing. It takes time. Correct. Um, One of the really things that happens in the US that doesn't happen in Australia that I'm aware of, um, I'm not sure how to say this politically correct, but there's a whole layer in the fitness industry in the US of what they call trust babies. So I went into a club over there and had a look at it and went, wow, this is amazing. And it cost them a million dollars to design and fit out. It's not any money. Um, but it keeps the son employed. And he's good at spending money. And dad works and does something else and, and kind of funds this. So we don't actually have that. Well, I don't, I've never heard of trust fund baby running gyms in Australia. It may well exist, but there's a whole layer of that in the US, which almost means that when we're comparing numbers, data to data, these clubs aren't making money, but it doesn't matter, which doesn't help us at all when you're trying to compare. And I know there's probably some people in the room here going, oh, I wouldn't mind. How do I get become a trust fund baby? I, I, I'd put it on every profile that I've got and I still can't find someone that's going to take me on. Um, trust me. Uh, but like just from, you know, real basics, uh, certainly the number one uh, trend I would say in the US at the moment from a, a service delivery is recovery. Recovery is a massive component of clubs and what we're trying to do. And it really bore out of two things. Number one was Planet Fitness coming into the market and offering hydro massage and being able to up, upgrade a $10 a month membership to $17, $18, $19 a month US. Uh, so that all of a sudden had everybody thinking about how do we build wellness to our product. And it, and it really has grown from, from there. Um, and the second thing that it's been driven by is during the pandemic, club owners in the US perhaps a little bit differently to some owners here in Australia, they wanted to get maximum dollars return on every part of their club. So they were finding little corners and putting in a TheraBody gun or uh, Normatech boots. Uh, Every single space in a club, they try to work out how they can uh, earn income from. And I think that's a great lesson for us in Australia. Yeah, so good. These are great lessons already, some great gold there. Um, I like the concept of the trend is happening because there's just more population over there. I think sometimes we think that, oh, they're the giants, they know best, but you're right. There's a lot of amazing, uh, a lot of amazing operations coming out of here. So the data out of the US is from San Francisco, south of San Francisco and California, Mexican border. There are the same number of fitness professionals in that space as there are in the entire country of Australia. Wow. That gives you some sort of idea of how vast that industry is. And in fact, I believe there's more fitness facilities south of San Francisco than there are in Australia. Well, and that's certainly also, you know, we look, we talk about Facebook ads today and the cost of Facebook ads. And, um, you know, I think back in the day when we were uneducated about Facebook ads, we'd always compare it 
to US markets and how much would cost over there. And I think all these things have been taken into consideration, especially when you are comparing apples to apples, you know. Very difficult to compare. I want to move to you and, and kind of like ask you the question around 2022, moving into 2023. I, I'd sort of like to know if you could look at, um, you know, now you can, you can look at the shiny kind of ball of what happened over 2022. What are you seeing as, um, you know, one great thing that came out of this year and the opportunity that, you know, is, is looming on our doorstep for next year? Yeah, and look, before I answer that question, I'd just like to acknowledge um, Mel Tempest, who was inducted into our... Um, yeah. Uh, all of honour at our awards just recently, so... No, pleasure, Mel. Um, well, Mel uh, spent the last two days with Colin Mercy, if you are listening to this, and uh, yeah. she actually had a great roundtable this morning, uh, full, full numbers on her table. Well done. Yeah. Before I, I like to answer that question a different way around, I, I come to the question you asked JT with a slightly different lens. JT has got the, the insight, industry insight, which he should have been in industry for so long. But I think philosophically, I think we're actually ahead of America, to be quite honest. And why do I say that? It come, this is where it comes to the question, what have we learned from COVID? What we learned from COVID was that our industry, and I don't use the term fitness, um, we, we have consciously moved away from the term fitness, which is why we're no longer called Fitness Australia. And now was active, because we now talk about movement, active recreation, uh, exercise, physical activity, and so on. And that's a very conscious decision of Fitness Australia to do that, because and it relates to what we've learned from COVID. So when you heard the politicians during the lockdowns and the chief health officers, they never said you can go outside to get fit. They said you can go outside to exercise. And what COVID has done for us, and this is why I think we are ahead of the states, is actually give the opportunity for policymakers in health, government and the rest of it to understand and appreciate the role that our sector, inclusive, that includes Pilates, yoga, dance, Tai Chi, all that sort of stuff, has in Australia's preventative health environment. It's actually brought it to the, to the forefront. And where we're also, I think, ahead of the states is the data coming out of Ausplay, which is a government agency, it's not, this isn't Ausactive's data, shows that 30% of Australians over the age of 15 go to the gym at least once a year. Let me repeat that. 30% of Australians over the age of 15 go to a gym at least once a year. Now that raises all kinds of questions about how do you get them back in again? Why don't they come back? And we, you know the answers to that as well as I do. But that 30% participation rate is much more than I was told when I started at then Fitness Australia four years ago. Mm. I was told 20% was the max. You'll never get more than 20%. We're operating at 30%. We are the second most popular physical activity in Australia after recreational walking. Again, I'm not making this up. This is data from Ausplay. This data is also being read by the health departments. So some, all of a sudden, a couple of things start to twig here. I think we have grossly undersold the importance of our sectors, generic. I think we've been talking to ourselves. We've been looking to much as what is the franchise down the road doing? What is that guy doing rather than what am I doing in our community? And I think the opportunity moving forward and the lessons we have learned if we don't capitalise on the, on the opportunity in front of us now, your counterparts are going to be sitting in a room with, with uh, Richard and JT, not me because I'll be dead, in 10 years' time saying, how do we miss that opportunity? The opportunity is there, but we really have to, I think, think about 
a little bit differently. So just remember that 30%, 8 million Australians go to a gym at least once a year. That is streets ahead of America. Okay, so I think they are focused on trends. That's America. We should be focused on how do we get involved in the community? How do we prove to policymakers and governments and all the rest of it that we are a critical, if not the critical component of Australia's preventative health area? It's no coincidence that last year, Queensland classified gyms as an essential service, one of the only places in the world. That decision was not made by the Department of Sport and Rec, it was made by the Chief Health Officer. Okay, so there is lots of opportunities. And just on that, for those who don't know, I'd love just to continue this conversation. The biggest change that I've been, I was active make, um, especially since you've been aboard, is the whole, um, health insurance rebates and so forth. Um, does everybody know about that, by the way? Half do you, half do you not? Can you just touch on that? Because I think this, like we talk about sales and marketing. Uh, I actually think this is the sale and the marketing piece that a lot of us, I don't, I don't think, are really seeing the, uh, the money play in this in regards to marketing and sales, just to get more people through the doors. Can you touch on that? Yeah, so we just moved house, my wife and myself, across the other side of the harbour. And I did a little bit of market research and I chose my new gym. Uh, I didn't say who I was uh, or what, what my role was and went to four gyms to basically decide which gym I would choose. And a couple of things I learned was you can go to a franchise gym and have an expectation that it's going to have a certain fit out, certain equipment, certain cleanliness and the rest of it. Well, I learned very quickly that is not the case. And I'm really surprised that franchises don't have minimum standards. Maybe they do, but they're not adhered to. Anyway, so I went to, a, I've joined a new gym and I, I was this morning, I left and I said to the guy at the counter, of your PTs, members of Oz Active, and he looked at me quizzically and said, uh, What's that? And I said, Well, Fitness Australia. And he said, What's that? How long have you been a PT? Oh, about 12 years. Okay, how many members, how many PTs here are members of? Oh, I'm not sure. Why are you asking? Oh, because I'm a member of Medibank. And if, if, uh, if your PTs are members of Oz Active, Medibank would pay for my activity here at this gym. He's going to go off and now do some research. So we, Medibank came to us about this time last year. and He's said, now following you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. he's, he's got you he's on talking. LinkedIn. So he's going to, so we, Medibank came to us last year and said, we want to work with you because we want to provide more benefits for our members, Medibank members. Um, and we, we only want to do this with Oz Active and we, we signed an agreement. It's just been renewed as of this week, another 12 months, whereby if you're a Medibank member like I am, you can use your membership to, help pay for either a gym membership or PT lessons. As long as you've got a cert four or above, you can, you can do that. Now, Medibank also have said to us, part of the deal is you need to introduce a new standard for your PTs, they must be accredited within 12 months, otherwise you're gonna lose that provider status. Now, that to me was gold. However, with every gold mine comes Lassiter's gold, the fool's gold. We've got 700 PTs currently going through accreditation. Only 16 have complied with it. So we wow. actually have done something wrong in Oz Active. So we're going to go back and untake, take that all apart and redo it because there's no good having a product out there that is not resonating with your members. I think Fitness Australia used to do that in the past a little bit. But we, so we're going to take that apart and do it again. But the, the moral of the story is, and this comes back to my earlier comments, the opportunity is there, but government is not going to recognise us unless we actually lift our game. And that's, that's the responsibility of all of us. 
Um, let's talk about that lift in the game for a second. And, and first of all, I think a big round of applause for that one because that's a huge, a huge, uh, I guess a huge moment of uh, growth in our industry that you can definitely start to take that aboard. And um, yeah, if you're not an active member, you should definitely um, plug into that straight away. But in regards to... Can I just add something yeah, to that? Yeah. Um, most of you are not anywhere near the same age as me. Um, or, me. <laughs> or Barry for that matter. Um, but I got an email from my life insurance company a month ago that said if I could prove that I was active and I had a, they did talk about BMI, which of course makes me morbidly obese, being a, is it a mesomorph or an ectomorph? I don't know, but what, whatever I am. Um, but if you could prove that you were physically active, I would get a 10% discount on my life insurance policy. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, that's the first time yeah. I've ever got that email. And that's related to this opportunity. Massive. It's huge for us. Huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. So why is it then that we are still all focused around the, the trends and the hacks? And I mean, I don't, I mean, yes, the, you know, we're all talking about community. You know, what's the secret for community? We keep talking about community, but is it just this group that is um, plugged into community or how do we get uh, everybody else understanding this opportunity that is in our doorstep? Are they, are they getting it? Are we getting it as an industry? Are we still, are we on track? You know, are we on track or are we just not, are we coming to deaf ears at the moment? I think in all reality, if personal training was 100% free or, and gym memberships were 100% free, yeah. We still wouldn't have any greater penetration. Unfortunately, the reality for us is the product that we deliver. For those listening, I'm using air commas, hurts people. And it's not the same and it's hard work to get the results. And we're just, we have a positioning problem as an, as an industry and our product. Yeah. I think our industry is certainly coming out of COVID has changed our perception for so many people. We've still got a long way to go, but the product of exercise, it still needs some massaging so that the general public, I mean, across there, I was looking at, <laughs> like, you know, we go in there, I reckon we've probably only two out of the 20 guys in there work out and there's the 10%. Um, but we've got to, I think it's great from Oz Active dropping the word fitness and, and we've got to get back to movement and we've got to get to exercise. Uh, we will get there, yeah. but it's just going to be a slower process. See, I've got to disagree with you again. Sorry, JT. You can do that. Um, we know, again, from the data that one out of two people, you know, ex use the gym as their preferred exercise. Okay? Yeah. So it's the second most popular exercise after recreational walking and one out of two people uh, choose to go to a gym and they go to a gym or yoga and parties but uh, sorry they might do yoga and parties in a gym where they go to a facility will do that the other interesting research which has just come out is that a lot of australians are now thinking about starting an exercise regime because of covid and all the emphasis on exercise and mental health which is another great thing which has come out of covid the importance of exercise not fitness exercise and mental health and the one out of two of those people thinking about starting exercise are thinking about starting going to a gym. So just go back a step. In 2018, for those of you who 
uh, we signed up to an international campaign to get 15% more Australians more active by 2030. Our previous federal government four years ago signed up and did nothing. But if we can get 15% more Australians more active, that means, that doesn't mean going to a gym, it means walking, cycling, swimming, whatever. One out of two of those people are gonna to go to a gym because the data is there. So the membership, the potential is there to grow significantly past the 30%. We have to, we, we've got to grab this opportunity. We, we, I sound like a broken record, I know, but it is sitting, it's looking, staring us face. We have to grab opportunity. I would suggest that what you guys learned this morning about your funnels, that's the key to getting them from thinking to acting. So one in two might be thinking about joining a gym, but they're not actually joining it. So your funnels where you're educating people and not just trying to sell them, but you're educating them and building that relationship with what Richard teaches you, that converts somebody from thinking to acting. And I think when we, when we touch on marketing of that, you know, it'd be really great if you haven't yet and you're really stuck in this fitness world and you go, oh, yeah, this is a good opportunity, but I can't see how I do it. I'd love to, you know, just test uh, one random marketing campaign and really market to those guys next to we're talking about, market to someone who's not active and just, and just test and measure like Eb says, you know, just, just trial it out and see actually what happens because that's how we have some more of that stuff. And it's totally against what, um, you know, what everybody else is doing for the trend and the strip bodies, that kind of stuff. But, you know, the data is here, you know. It's, Can I just it's ask you a question, yeah. Richard? I don't know the guys at next door, but from what you've said, it sounds like they're an older group of men. Mm -hmm. Why are you saying none of them are doing exercise? Because they're, because they're, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because we had healthy salad, we had healthy meals. Yeah, 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 I understand that. Yeah, but why are you saying not doing exercise? I was watching the move. That was JD. <laughs> but, but, I mean, do we suffer from prejudice when we're talking, talking about when people walk into our gym? Yeah. And like, I mean, I've just moved from a gym at Kensington, which is full of young Asian uh, students because it's near the university. And I was the oldest guy there by a country mile. I knew when I'm going to now, there's other people my age. And if you saw these guys walking down the street, you would say, that guy doesn't exercise. But I can assure you he does. So we've got to be really careful when we, when we sort of say, that person is not a potential member of my gym or my, uh, uh, you know, to engage my personal trainer. That pre-judgment pre is doing us a lot of harm. And that's such one of the reasons why people don't walk through the door because they sense that pre-judgment before they step through the door. There's some, um, there's some gyms now that, are starting to launch where the whole market is over 50s, yeah, right? Talking about that, yeah. is that, do you think that's a positive play? Absolutely, absolutely. Look, my generation, we, we've, we've got the time. We've got the money. We've got the, we've got the uh, I'm talking generically, we've got the money. We've got the inclination to prove to our partners, to the general community, we've still got it. You've got three strong motivations there. For God's sake, don't ignore them. But don't do what I've seen in the past where an old guy's come into a gym and he's been unleashed on a young personal trainer. The personal trainer, the first thing he did was get on that bike and go hard for five minutes. And I thought the guy was going to cark it. Courses for courses, context. The new gym I've just started, no pre-exercise screening tool. None at all. No, no, here's the stress alarm. And after what happened in SNAP this week or last week in, you know, up there, you know, just... We've got to get our act together, guys, because the opportunity to go into health is very strong, but if we don't get our act together, we will be crucified, and so we should be. All right, so what, what words should we be using? What words, if, if we were to choose three or four words, what are the words that 
Active? What are we saying that we should be using out there in the market? Well, first one would be inclusion. Uh, stop the prejudgment. And that's related to inclusion, I suppose. And grab, grab the opportunity. Just those are the three words, grab the opportunity. I, I, I'm, that glass to me is, is more than half full. Great, very good. Uh, we have a specific question, do we? Um, I'll do it. About what one sec, one sec. Yeah. Um, throughout COVID, we consistently said to people to change the type of marketing that they were doing, to remove the sexy, sweaty images, and to put out there that we were all inclusive communities, that everybody's welcome, all shapes and sizes. A lot of clubs didn't do this. They stuck with what they know because they were too frightened to jump over the fence and try something different. Do you think because clubs aren't changing the perception of who we are, that this is part of the reason why we're having so many problems with um, state politicians and with people walking through the front doors to join gyms? Sorry, I've been talking too much. You can answer that. Oh, I would probably say the same thing, I think, on this one, Barry. 100% Mel. I mean, you nailed it. The, the perception, we propagate the perception of how intimidating gyms are. And I think, you know, for the people listening to the podcast virtually or even here in the room, um, I know a little bit about Richard's market and probably for the majority of people in, in his client base, this is actually a huge opportunity for you because if gyms are marketing the same way and then and you go well we actually only need 25 or 30 people and you can be very specific in that marketing and not do the the sexy buns look and do the hearts and lungs look then and you only need 20 then i i've got a fair idea that 20 people who are training with you or in your facility for hearts and lungs will probably stay a lot longer than 20 people in a gym who are there for arms and buns. Yeah, and just on Mel's point, I mean, we've been very guilty ourselves in the past uh, as Fitness Australia and also as active of putting the wrong images up. We are trying, we, we are aware of this and we're trying to put up more inclusive images, but it's it's a work in progress. So please don't sort of say you're a hypocrite, mate. You've, you're talking about that, we, it is a work in, we're aware of it. We're trying to address it as quickly as we can. Yeah, one second, one second. Um, one of the other areas of that people aren't tapping into is uh, the LGBTQIA community, and I hope I got all the letters right there. Um, one of the things that we've done over the last 12 months is started to use some of our marketing that targets these guys, and we've found that we've had quite a few people join our club based on the fact that that's how we've sold that we are inclusive, including transgender people. So we, perhaps just... We need to also, though we need to advertise to obese people and that we fight chronic illness, we also need to remember these guys in our community. We also need to be marketing to them because they need somewhere to come that creates better mental health for them as well. So there's a huge opportunity out there for clubs, even just to put the, the pride love heart on their, their website. And that alone says to people that you're a welcoming community. Yeah. And and Mel, just because a person doesn't look doesn't look obese or a diabetes doesn't mean they're well. Because Absolutely. from a person that's experienced mental health issues myself, uh, you cannot tell who. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes back to perception, yeah. and it's the one thing you don't know because it's never gifted to you. Good point. 
Thank you, Mel. All right. Um, super interesting conversation. And I think these are super relevant to, you know, we can, you know, as JT just said, I mean, we really can start this instantly, test it out fast. Um, when you're referring to, you know, boutique studios versus, let's say, a, a large franchise, just, just continue that conversation a little bit. I mean, how, like, how much of a head start? And you're working with larger clubs. How much of a head start do we have on this before, you know, larger facilities really tap on and actually change everything they do to get people into the doors? Oh, it's, to me, it's massive. It, like the speed at which you can move is just incredible. It's light speed. So, you know, the equivalent is a, is a hip line, a cruise liner and turning around and the turning circle guys are in a dinghy and you can spin on a dime and and then take off in a different direction uh you know i was at a conference this morning and their new app will come out possibly october or november next year it's like wow what are we what are you doing to that app we're changing some of the images to be more inclusive like surely you do that faster than that now there's other bits to it as well but i think the fact that the size of your businesses um, can in fact be extremely advantageous for you. Um, you just got to have the courage to put a pride love heart on your, on your website or the courage to stand out and say, Hey, these are the types of people that we welcome. And, and also the patience, because I don't think putting that on your website or having an image on, on a piece of your marketing will produce results like that. We know that's not going to happen. But if you are persistent in your marketing, eventually, and, and that's the key word that I think the fitness industry, the industry needs to um, embrace is eventually we'll get 40% of the population working out in clubs. Eventually you'll have 50 clients, 100 clients, but we have to embrace eventually. It's not overnight. That's the most important thing. Talking about embracing, I want to just go back a little bit and touch on um, a bit of technology questions here. Um, you know, our, our communities and a lot of communities in the fitness industry, trainers and professionals have switched to a virtual model. Um, some have stopped that now. Some are still on it now. When we talk about uh, being inclusive, we talk about hitting all marketplaces. What are your thoughts on the future of hybrid model the future of online trainers um what has to happen to get that, that percentage up more what are your thoughts Barry? um i think there's there's certainly a place for online training it's related to that question about how do we get people into a gym a lot of people will start exercising in the comfort of their own bedroom the lounge dining whatever themselves it, and they'll feel more comfortable doing that at home but it is not a substitute obviously and i was talking to mel before about you know her particular facility and my experience in gyms and stuff as well, those that build communities with their membership are the ones that really have survived very well through COVID. They're the ones that are going to grow because they've got you know, word of mouth and the rest of it. You cannot get a community virtually, in my view. You've got to have that face-to-face. -face. But if you use the virtual as a funnel to bring people in, let them feel comfortable with, with their body shape, their outfit, whatever it might be, their mental state, their physical state, that they start the exercise journey, they, they, they start to learn the benefits of exercise, the endorphins and the rest of it, they will start to seek out other regimes. They'll start to seek, and particularly if they've got someone who can sort of say, look, you know, coming on this day here, it's a quiet day, 
We've got someone else in here who's, who's you know, um, in a similar situation to yourself. So I think there's a, I think there's a market for it, but it can never be a substitute because that our industry, and I say our now being part of it, is very much a person-to-person industry, and you cannot get that virtually. I want to touch on then to to react on that. What you just said. I mean, there's been some massive online um, players that have recently sold their online businesses for 500 million, 100 million. Um, Kayla Einstein, Sam Woods. Um, do we classify? Because whenever I, if I look at it, someone who's been in the industry for a long time, it, it's to me, it's almost it feels like they're not part of the industry somehow. Um, however, they've got millions of people working at home. Can you just touch on that? Because I don't hear much about when we say online world. We're saying okay, let's do hybrid. But what about pure online? Um, and they're not really meeting up, Barry. I mean, that, where do they fall? Well, look, you're probably asking the wrong person. Um... But, no, I'm asking the right person. Okay, all right. Well, I, I, I see I see the Kyla, it's an ease, um, it's an ease, however you say it, uh, as that's, that's a part of our market, but it's not necessarily reflective of our market. You see her sort of fans coming into a gym, they do an exercise for five seconds and spend five minutes taking photos of themselves in the gym and that sort of thing. I'm not joking. You see it. I, it, it happens. So I think that that's a part. It's the same part of our industry that still has young men standing in front of, um, you know, mirrors pumping iron and, and they're the, and, you know, they might have tattoos all over their body and there might be a girl with tattoos, all over, I don't know, but they are the fringe. I, and I, I don't, I think the market opportunity we have is, is the, is the 80% of the community. Now the 80, my age, I'm not going to watch, well, I don't, I wouldn't admit to it, watching, you know, someone online doing that sort of stuff. I want to get out and be with people. Yeah. I want to, you know, and that sort of stuff. And I think, Coming out of COVID, the desire for social connectivity is stronger than ever. People want to get that social, they want to get back in touch with people. And, and I see that again as the opportunity. So yes, there's a place for that, but I don't see that as good luck to them for selling out because I reckon in a few years time, they wouldn't have got that price for it. Yeah, great. And so you're seeing that that fringe, but it's certainly not going to make up that, you know, 70% that we need. No. Great insights. Uh, JT, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something different or same? Uh, pretty similar to Barry. I think one of the interesting things about hybrid is you have to market to two different groups of people mm. because as, as you guys know, 99% of your clients want to come and train with you or your facility. The people that want to train at home is a different market. Yeah. Most fitness business owners don't have the skill set to market to two completely different niches because you really need two completely different budgets, two completely different marketing plans. Um, I think you did five funnels this morning, so you need 10 funnels, and five's enough for you guys to work on. So it the bandwidth that an owner needs to do on a daily basis to grow both aspects of the business is really hard. For me, I, I quite like, you know, I'm quite sure they got all their money, not because of their content, yes. but because of their database. And that's the really, records, the stats, the heights, that, the weights. Yeah. Correct. That's all. That's really where the value was for the companies purchasing it. But I think for us, uh, if somebody wants to do on, online, let them do online. And that could eventually be the feeder yeah. to build the confidence up then come to a bricks and mortar or an outdoor boot camp or whatever the case may be. But I believe you find your, your North star or your why or whatever you want to call it. And then 
stick to the product that you know that you can deliver better than anybody else in your area, the state, the country, the world, just do what you do and, and focus on what you do best. And you'll be, you will plenty be successful. Yeah, just a comment about the data side of it. I think if anything, what's happened with Medibank and Optus has demonstrated to us very much the, the huge risk in keeping data. And perhaps they might not have sold it for quite so much now mm. if they purchase it for the data because mm. we're, in, we're in the process of transmitting um, or migrating our data across to a new system at OzActive. We've got 100,000 individual uh, entries, or sorry, individuals, because it goes back 12 years and we're culling it as much as we can to only, only migrate across what is legally we have to do. Mm. Because the, the data risk now, I mean, the Smith family got hit the other day. It's, you know, and people are saying to us now, it's not a matter of if, it's when, and it's going to happen. So I think data is a real issue. And in fact, the data side, Richard, is a really interesting thing from a marketing perspective with iOS 16 coming out and the way the phones are being built to be able to push spam calls straight to voice message or even not even be answered. Um, what we're seeing in the States from a marketing perspective is they're extremely worried as marketers around what digital marketing is going to look like mm. in 12 months' time, particularly because they're spending 95% of their budget on digital. They're really worried because they don't have the skill set of when Mel and I grew up in the industry of guerrilla marketing and getting out in the community and, and like having a little booth at the local footy club on a Saturday yeah, that, these guys don't know that. that. All they know is digital marketing. And if, if the world changes, which it could at any stage. You mean they have to talk to somebody? Yeah. Oh. Instead of automate. Oh. Um, very good. I'm just taking some questions on virtually. A few of you are uh, saying you can build a uh, community virtually. Hard work. You can do both. Um, a few people disagree with you, Barry, on that one. It's interesting. Um, uh, some people say, yeah, that's correct. The community is definitely, the face-to-face -face is definitely the way to go. Um, love the interaction on that. Um, and I think this is a, this is a kind of a new world that we're moving into in 2023. And, and I think right now we're coming, you know, let's say off the back of COVID and people are going to make decisions of what they want to do and how they want to play. And do you think the market's going to be, um, adjusted and shifted what what will you if we can't try to wrap this up as our kind of final thought what would, should we be expecting um in 2023 how different will it be to attract our clients to you know continue growing instead of like saying okay i'm going to just stay stable for this for this year what what is that one tip to continue growing and i think we've we've covered a whole lot of amazing strategies to actually you know take that 70 cent pie what are your thoughts barry first um, I think the big opportunity to at least start in 2023 revolves around sustainability. When I was walking from the bus stop to here, I passed a cafe which said, we are proud to be carbon neutral. And I thought, interesting marketing. I wonder how they actually justify that. Have they got, are they still using takeaway cups and stuff? And then you think about Mike Cannon-Brooks, who made his money through Alassian, now buying AGL, and they're going to you know, get out of um, coal and that sort of gear. I think the first... Uh, gym or the first franchise group that actually proves that they are practicing sustainability, not just says we are, is going to have a huge market advantage because mm. 
it's it's top of mind for the generation that are our current gym and Pilates and yoga members that under 40 year old it's I've got two sons they're both under 40 like you know it's all they talk about climate change climate change climate change so we need to recognize that we need to adopt climate uh, sustainable practices I'll give you an example because if we don't it's going to be regulated anyway so to give you an example in the in the European community now if you use synthetic turf you can only use synthetic turf that has been certified to be reconstructed from previous synthetic turf. And when it goes from your facility, it has to be recycled back in a synthetic turf again. It cannot go to landfill. So that's just one example of what's going to happen here. You should be looking at the wipes you're using. Are they plastic? Are they, bio, are they compostable, not just biodegradable? It's, it's, it's a journey, but I think the first, particularly first franchise group that jumps on this and does it properly is going to have a huge advantage. There's no reason why you, as a single site or a small number of sites can't do it, as, as JT would say, turn that dinghy around, start doing it now, because that's your market. And they are going to judge you on how you respond to all these things coming forward. JT, what do you think? Um, what do you think the, the win that we have to really focus on from your angle in 2023 to continue growing, not just sitting? Yeah, I think there's a couple. I think um, number one, and I'm not paid for this, but you should definitely be an Oz active member. You better to be in the family than out of the family, uh, because. And just on that point for a second, Barry, how much is an Isaac membership? Uh, let me put it this way: it's more than paid for by one Medibank customer. Yep. Let, let's leave that. Um, it's about one hundred and thirty dollars per year, tax okay. deductible, of course. We've also just appointed our first Pilates specialist to the board as of yesterday. Um, so we are now very much into the Pilates yoga market. Tai Chi is the next one off the ranks, and we're looking at um, martial arts as and well. And so for 130 bucks, you know, even if you get a Facebook lead for what $20, $30, I mean, really, even if anybody's is have those uh, private health, I mean, it's paid by but, 20 times. But, but look, please don't focus on the private health. That is that is one commercial benefit. What's come out of COVID for us is huge growth in our business membership. And an, and, a, and an entry in the door to government and health departments. It wasn't a coincidence that Queensland made gyms essential, okay? I've had some discussions already with the new government. The previous government was a waste of space. I don't care who you voted for, they're a waste of space in terms of physical activity. The new government is interested in preventative health. We've had a talk to them about reinventing Norm. Those remember Norm and Life be in it. If we, can get a, if we can get a preventative health campaign going, encouraging Joe Public to get outdoors, not to go to a gym, that's not going to happen, but to encouraging public to get outdoors and do any exercise, the data tells us one out of two is going to go to a gym. Oh, I'm just going to finish JT's hot Sorry. tips off here. There was one oh. tip, I was active. What were the other hot tips? For yeah, you? I just think, you know, you better be in the family than out of the family. And as an industry, we're a lot stronger when we're all together. So that's, you know, I think that's why I would, I think about I was active. Um, I think... The clearer that you are as a business owner on your vision, the better. And what I mean by that is if you're really clear on what you want the business to look like by the end of 2023, then that will help you make lots of business decisions. Everything from where you're going to market, how you're going to market, to how you respond to the Facebook trolls trying to convince you to do business coaching with them, um, that really you probably get more than enough from com marketing you don't need to do anyone else but when you're clear on where you want to head then that makes a whole bunch of decisions for you so much easier and i i kind of heard this at a leadership conference that i went to at the beginning of the year 
the middle of the year. And what I heard was when you're 100% in on something, you never have to make a decision whether you're on that. Mm. So if you're 100% in on being a vegan, you don't decide whether you're going to eat bacon or not. You're 100% in on being a vegan. So when you're 100% in on that vision that you want for your business at the end of 2023, it makes decision-making so much easier for you. But when you're not clear, you're kind of going left, right, and centre trying to find what you can do. Be clear on what you want and you're going to be very successful. I really love that concept. Um, there's one or two questions. Is that correct? Uh, let's take one, two que one question. Um, I've often thought, and it comes back to what you were saying when you went to that franchise recently. Um, I've worked in a few franchises before and is I've, they're not standard. They're not safe. No. They're not, yeah, for a blanket of reasons being paid to their staff. Um, cleanliness, um, all that sort of jazz. How do you do you possibly know why there's nobody that comes around checking us all? And like, would there ever be sort of with Oz Active, like that should be recognized that we all put our hands up and say, hey, you know, we comply, we're safe, we're Oz Active members, like come and train with us type thing. You know, we tick all the boxes to be sustainable, to be safe. We're all, we've all got qualifications because you just don't know. Hole in the wall facilities might have trainers that, not, that aren't qualified. Like who checks that? Yeah, that's a whole new, that whole other session. But look, very briefly, we're not regulated in Australia. And there's no, there's no... I'm told by the franchises that I raise these concerns with that they have their own internal audits, or if they do, they're obviously missing the ones that I go to visit. And so let's just take leave that where it is. I personally believe, and this might cause a problem, but I personally believe that within five years, the industry will be accredited, stroke regulated. So it won't be imposed, it'll be aspirational. And I think that the industry is potentially going to separate into two different parts i think you're going to have those that want to be part of the preventative health side and those that want to be the other side and my and it brings in my early childhood background and you cannot go to an early childhood service in australia exactly. well you actually you, you you cannot go to an early childhood service that is not accredited there's no requirement to be accredited as an early childhood service by the way in australia but if you want to get the child care benefit you have to be accredited okay so i think and, and accreditation in early childhood goes from, you don't fail it or pass it, it's working towards it, it's meeting, it's exceeding, it's excellent. I think I would love personally, and I know this could be, you know, red rag to I would love to see our sector go down that path to give the doctors confidence to be able to do, prescribe the gym down the road, the personal train in the park. That will only come when we raise our standards, lift our standards. And I guess that comes back to JT's comment, he isn't paid for it. We can only do that with a strong industry talking to health departments and politicians and all the rest of it. Amazing. Thank you for that insights there. This has been an amazing session. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you want to follow um, JT, um, you can do so on activemanagement.com, is it? .au. .au. Or listen to his podcast, The Fitness Business Podcast. And um, we talked about Oz Active. You can go to Oz Active's website and uh, definitely join up your member and figure out what's, what you need to do to win in the game. Um, Just one point on that, Richard. Yes. I forgot to say, if you are a member of Yoga Australia or one of the Pilates organisation, you get free membership of Oz Active uh, automatically uh, because we recognise that membership. When you when it comes time to renew, you have to pay for it. But if you're a current member, we will give you a free membership of uh, Oz Active.
And just a, a shout out for, for you guys as well. And the reason why I wanted to get you guys on together, because the way the landscape happens in business and in marketing, it's, it's, it's always up and down. And so when you want to like get advice, really understand what is the next future bringing, yes, it is good to see the short-term plays that you're seeing all that all the time that we talked about today. But when you can see long-term plays from other industries and you know, listening from JT, listening from Barry, understanding the longevity, uh, this is where you should be putting your attention. I always say, you know, try to turn off notifications, turn off following a thousand people. As JT said, just focus on this is what you're going to be. Focus on two or three people. That's it. Otherwise, there's a lot of information. Uh, education, I mean, you know, information overload. Anybody can put information out there. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right information. Just because you can do a Facebook Live, just mm-hmm. because you can get in a podcast, just because you can do these things, doesn't necessarily mean that the person that is delivering it uh, is the person that you should be listening to. So again, I think over this next you know year two years when we are merging into what is the right platform for you just just be careful where you get the information from ensure that it's got longevity because longevity always comes around in cycles of business so, so uh put your hands together for jt justin tamsit and barry elvish awesome thanks so much guys if you enjoyed this podcast you can listen to more on commarketing.com.au thanks guys thank you